Hello, PolyAm fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to another episode of Talk Your Poly Off. I'm not Bella. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. That's Monsuda. Last episode, we talked about grief and loss. Yeah, it was a bit heavy. It was a super heavy episode, and we thought that maybe this week also is not a good time for a breakup. <laughs> no. Our breakup needs to be postponed. Yeah. <laughs> because... We've talked about a lot of heavy stuff, so let's bring it back to a little bit of the lighter side of polyamory. Yeah, so breakups are coming. We're just going to push them off a yeah, little bit. Yeah, they are. What? <laughs> so we're going to shelf the breakup thing for a little bit so that we can kind of get back to the light and the fun discussions of poly, because we don't want to be the doom and gloom podcast. Right. So today, we decided that we we're going to talk about something a little different, a little interesting, and maybe kind of fun, depending on the size of the city you live in. <laughs> a little lighthearted, for sure. Right. We're going to talk about the difference between being polyamorous in a small town or a small community versus being polyamorous in... Big town! Yeah. Or a big city. A city or large community. Right. And this is totally like just based on our experience. This isn't how it is, you know, across the country, across the world. Yes, it is. This, <laughs> this is just the general feel that we've experienced or heard about even. No, it isn't. <laughs> this is law. Oh, no. This is the only way to polyamory. <laughs> <laughs> the yellow brick road. Follow it this way. <laughs> so... Polyamory is, whether you're involved in it, whether you're interested in it, whether this is the first time you're hearing about it, it is definitely a lifestyle choice or a lifestyle direction. For some people. Some people say they're born this way. It's part of their orientation. It's part of who they are. Well, yeah. And I agree with that because yeah. I can't monogamy for shit. I've never been good at it. Yeah, you've tried. Been there. Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it, it was not the type of town for me. <laughs> I'd rather go to Funky Town. Monogamy, not the town for me. Oh, no, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> it rhymed. Well, you used me twice, so it didn't. No, it just monogamy It's one word. Okay, we're not going to argue this because <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> I do want to say thank you to... All of our Polyam fam that reached out to us after last week's episode. It was indeed a tough episode, and we appreciate you all giving Bella and I space to process. And showering us in love and supportive messages, and just knowing that our community of people are there for us during the tough times. Yeah. So very appreciated. We thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. And we couldn't have better people in our life. So, uh, also, I didn't realize quite so many people listen to our podcast. <laughs> it helps me realize that we aren't just talking to an empty microphone. We do have quite a few people in our little community. And I was even surprised by one or two who reached out and were like, hey, I heard the news. 
I'm really sorry, is there anything you need? And it was like, like on one hand, I was a little sad and, and a little thankful. On the other hand, I was like, holy shit, you listen to our podcast? <laughs> cool. <laughs> so it was a very mixed bag last Monday. But, uh, you know, it, there was good to it. So it was nice. And I wanted to do, personally say thank you very much to everyone who did reach out. And we're thankful for you. And we couldn't have better people in our polyam fam. Yeah, definitely. We heart you. Bella. Yes. Why don't you tell our polyam fam a fun little fact about you? Ooh, a fun little fact. Something they might not know. Well, I grew up in Southern California. Um, I've played soccer on every single field in Southern California. But when I was in high school, um, I went to Newbury Park High School. And uh, Will Smith lived in the area somewhere. I believe he was like in Agora or Westlake area. But he one day was playing basketball at the park next door to my high school over at Borchards. And <laughs> the guy I was seeing at the time, we went off campus at lunch. Well, he went off campus first, and it was like homecoming ticket sales time. So he went and bought our homecoming tickets, went off campus at lunchtime, ran into Will Smith when his son Jaden was really a little kid. They were just shooting hoops at lunchtime. He came back on campus, grabbed me, and was like, holy crap, Will Smith's next door. And so we went over there, and I got Will Smith to sign my homecoming ticket. Oh, that's super cute. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Huh. So, what, about, what about you? What's uh, a fun fact about you? Well, I don't have anything like that. For our lovely listeners. Okay, well, I did have one that I was going to use. Yeah. But I'm going to change it. Oh, okay. You're talking about famous people. Yeah. I love Will Smith. Love. He can do no wrong in any movies in my eyes. My fun fact is I also met a famous person. Oh, yeah? That while most people won't quite know him he was a big deal for me in my life at the 2000 gen con okay the geneva convention Mm -hmm. not the political thing (laughs) the tabletop and role-playing game convention (laughs) right similar very similar to that just happened to be in geneva wisconsin when it was started (laughs) Very similar to the political one. Yeah. It can be at times. <laughs> so this was when D&D 3rd Edition got released, which was the first time a new edition to D&D has been released in years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Very big deal. We went. We're making our rounds. I am getting autographs by artists and, and game designers and, and all this stuff. I happened across the table that Gary Gygax was sitting at. And for those of you who are not aware, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson were the absolute creators of Dungeons & Dragons. All the way back in the beginning of the 70s. Yeah. And Gary Gygax's name was on all of those old books I used to play as a kid. (laughs) I realized he was there... I lost my shit. Yeah. I couldn't meet him yet because it wasn't right. Because <laughs> I was going around with my new third edition book, having everyone sign that like a yearbook. Right. A lot of people were like, but I didn't do anything for this book. I was like, no, it's a yearbook for my trip here. They're like, whatever. <laughs> Asshole. 
<laughs> but Gary Gygax was a very different deal mm-hmm. because he was the grandfather of all gaming. Yeah. So I ran to a vendor because I didn't bring all of my books, obviously. And I didn't know how long he was going to be there, so I couldn't go back to the motel. I ran to a vendor, the first vendor that had the original copy of the first edition Monsters Manual mm-hmm. with all the great artwork on the cover. I bought that thing. And then I ran back and got in line. <laughs> and I'm playing it cool. I'm like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? And he's like, cool. You want me to do a signature? And I'm like, yeah, would you please? <laughs> he's like, sure, what do you got? And I hand him the book. He got excited. Oh, cool. He was like, what? I'm like, well, you know, it seemed appropriate. He's like, this is my favorite book of all the ones that we ever did. I am so glad that you brought this Aww. book here. And apparently no one else thought of this. Huh. It was just me. <laughs> so we actually sat and talked for 20, 30 minutes. And he was just excited to talk to me. The people that were running his booth yeah. were actually trying to get him to stop talking to me <laughs> and usher me out so he could get back to work. And right. he's like, no, hold on. <laughs> it was kind of cool. That's really cool. So, yeah, that was my that was my fun fact. Yeah, that kind of sounds like... Um... The PAX, or PAX West, uh-huh. the Penny Arcade, big gaming convention out here in Seattle. Right. Um, that's what that kind of sounds like. Yeah. And there was actually a girl in Star Wars Episode One. I'm going above and beyond, because that's what I do. But, I, like, actual Episode One, not I get extra. Episode Four. Yeah, Episode One. Mm-hmm. There was a girl in that movie who played the character Aura Singh. Okay. She had... Less than three seconds screen time. Yeah. She was a bounty hunter standing up there watching the pod races. Met her. Oh, that's cool. Got her signature. We had some conversation. She is really awesome. She was like some French girl. And it was just a bit part. And she was telling me about how she tried out for it. She got the part. And she thought, oh, it's just going to be disposable. You know, the people that were getting her through the movie process were like, trust me. You're going to make waves, whether you realize it or not, because you're going to be a character in a Star Wars movie, and people are going to lose it over you. And she's like, whatever. And sure as shit, lines around the corner, people all excited. You're Aura Singh, you're Aura Singh. So we had a good conversation, had a couple of laughs. Yeah. And then the next year when we went back to Gen Con, she saw us, and she actually remembered me. Oh, wow. So we got to catch up. It was fun. That's cute. Anyway. I had two. Do you want a second one? Oh, man. A second one. Let's see. Well, I mean, I talk about soccer all the time, but let me just throw it out there. So I played football, like not powder puff, not flag. Like I played varsity football in high school and I only did it. I didn't give a shit about the game. I took stats my junior year. I was on crutches after a knee surgery. So I took stats on the sidelines junior year learning the game of football I was dating a running back at the time, and he pulled the old, like, girls can't play football thing. Yeah. I don't like being told what I can or cannot do, whether it's about my sex or anything. Uh I just don't tell me what I can or cannot do. Sounds like a challenge. So I learned the whole game, and then senior year, tried out for the team, totally made it as a kicker. Sure, just a kicker. Uh, But still, I played varsity football. I hit all my PATs, the point after touchdowns. I was a pretty good pretty good player there for a minute, so that was kind of fun. But what's even funnier is I didn't have any scuff marks on my helmet because 
like the guys on the line just didn't let me get hit ever. Uh, so during practice one day, like I was too pretty in my uniform. There were no grass stains, like there were no scuffs. So one of the guys came up to me and I remember him walking up and he grabbed my face mask and he goes, put your fucking mouthpiece in, put it in. And I was like, oh God, okay. And you know, oh, bright, shiny me. So I put my mouthpiece in and he grabs it and he slams his forehead into my forehead with the helmets. And he scuffed up and he marked the front of my helmet so it looked like I had been hit. Oh, that was nice. It man. was super cute. Yeah, he was an asshole, but that <laughs> moment was super cute. I mean, like, so I changed in the same locker room as the guys, but in the ice room because the coach did their pep talks in the boys' locker room. Right. Well, I couldn't be in the girls' locker room and miss the pep talk stuff, so I had to be there, but I couldn't actually change in there, so I was in the ice room, and I spent a lot of time with the trainers, with them. Like, it was just crazy. But, um, yeah, Marcus used to throw garbage cans at me. Like, <laughs> he was just an asshole. He really liked you. He did. He was totally the dude that, like, I'd walk through high school and he'd be like, oh, there goes Thunder Thighs again. Like, he was the typical bully, but he was bullying because I'm pretty sure he was into me. Oh, yeah. It was, it was total high school bullshit. But, yeah, I played on the varsity football team and kicked. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You've done more sports than I have. I do the sports ball thing. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I was a professional Xbox gamer for a minute, too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about that. But let's get to our episode. Next time. Yeah. So as we said, we're going to be talking about big city polyamory versus small town polyamory. Yeah. It's kind of like our first song together. It is. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to sing on air though. Um, I think okay. I could probably find a small clip. I'm not. A, I'm not a singer. Okay. Just a small town girl. So, do you have any experience in small-town polyamory? I want to say sure, but not really. My small towns are big city suburban areas. Like, I've always been a suburbanite, for yeah, lack yeah. of a better word. I think the idea of living in a small town is awesome. Like, like man, I watch all these Hallmark Christmas movies and it'd be so cute to live in that mountain town or that country villa. <laughs> kind of making me sick right now. <laughs> you know, like I look at these and I'm like, yeah, that's cute. Yeah. But then I really don't want the gossip that would come along there with it. it. Yeah, no. So, I, so do you have experience in big city polyamory or at least city polyamory? Closer to the city of polyamory. I've, and I mean, my big city, I was too far outside of LA to be included in the LA poly scene. So my big city poly is all Portland area and Portland's a small city compared to others. So well, compared to your LA, yes. Yeah. Uh, my, but it's still big. Totally. My big city poly is out in the Portland area. Okay. I have a lot of experience in small towns. Yeah, you do. And they are not Hallmark moments. <laughs> don't ruin, don't pop my bubble. I'm going to. <laughs> because if you're going to fantasize about something, try to make it somewhat realistic. <laughs> and small towns are not Hallmark moments. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, no. The TV shows are written by people in big cities that fantasize about it, too. Well, then all the big city people should move to the small town and make it the fantasy. That's a good idea. Yeah. 
And I also have experience in city polyamory. Yeah. So as much as I don't like to do comparisons, because I don't feel like generally that's a good thing for relationships. Right. We're going to compare the shit out of these two. Yes. So the first thing about city life polyamory that you enjoy, what is that? Opportunity and variety. Okay. And not even just in people, in groups and meetups and munches and activities. Right, right. And that's actually one of the biggest points that I was thinking about today. I was, I don't know if anyone knows, but I have a new partner. Woohoo! And, I mean, they know. They already know. <laughs> do they? Yeah, I think they do. Did you talk about it? Well, I mean, I talk about K-Fog all the fucking time. You do. And I guess if you were on our Patreon page. Oh, that's true. You would know because we've talked about them in our mini episodes that you can find on our Patreon. True. What is that? Just go to our website, ilovepoly.org, and click uh-huh. on the P in the top right, or there will be a link to our Patreon in the show notes. Yeah. Or go into Patreon and search I Love Polly, all lowercase, all one word. Okay. So if you happen to be a member of our Patreon, if you happen to be an I Love Polly patron, then yes, you would know that I have a, a yeah. new partner. So with that said... We're trying to set up our date nights to be on Wednesday nights. Yeah. And with each date night, you want to try to figure out something date worthy. Now, with a city, it's kind of nice because there's so much opportunity, like you were saying, to find date worthy stuff. Whether it's uh, the cliche dinner in a movie, or if it's something of my favorite, like go karts or mini golf or laser tag. Or if you got a special bar that you want to go out to, or waterfront walk. I mean, like, there's a ton there's of things. There's so much to do. That's not the case in a small town. As an example, in Walla Walla, mm-hmm. where I moved here from, still not entirely a small town. It's like 35, 40,000 people. Small enough. You're going to have maybe eight date options there. <laughs> yeah. Like an Applebee's. <laughs> Maybe a couple local eateries. Unless you really like wineries, then you could go do a bunch of winery stuff. Right. But that's about the extent of it. There's no nightlife there. Yeah. And that's a common issue with a lot of small towns. I lived in Wyoming for a while. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no nightlife there. <laughs> unless you want to take your partner out for a fun night of cow tipping, there's nothing to do. Well, and see, not being from a small town, I would love to go stargazing. Grab a bunch of blankets, grab some hot cocoa, and totally go gazing at the stars for hours. Okay, that would be pretty good. Yeah, and see, big city, there's too many lights. You have to get out of town and go up into the mountains or out to the beach. You have to get out of town to do that, so that's not usually a date option. Okay, so you really got to think outside the box when you're in a small town. Yeah. So in that aspect, the city life is better because you get more opportunity to plan different and unique date type ideas. Right. Well, and with that said, though, one of the things that I've experienced is even in Portland and the Vancouver area, it's a little tough to try to figure out a date. It can be. Because as much as you think you've got it figured out, there's either not options for what you'd want or too many options. And there are times, like, with you and I, remember that time where we went out on a date and we wanted to check out the night market 
in Vancouver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was a dud. <laughs> it was a dud. And we get out there, and we were new in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And we get outside after being disappointed. And we're like, well, f what do we do now? Right. And we're both trying to brainstorm. I'm looking at Google Maps. You jump up on Facebook and look at nearby events, and you actually found a Judas Priest cover band yeah. at the Heavy Metal Brewing Company. That was so much fun. Down the road. Yeah. So last minute, you can jump those plan changes and find something to pick up where you fall down a little bit. Yeah. Although I do get overwhelmed pretty easy with the options where it's like oh there's all these things going on now i don't know what to do yeah and then i freeze because i get stuck in overwhelm <laughs> right well and another thing is since that date i tried to learn from you and and when i can't get a plan made or when i'm having a hard time coming up with something i'll jump up on facebook events like a boss and i'll be like yeah i saw this done once <laughs> but all i ever see is like wine tastings and beer and, <laughs> and i'm not a beer fan so like all the events that i'm looking at it's beer or a church or wine it's like none of these sound like something i want to do Aww. much less take someone else i never get that cool clever thing like you did oh well we'll just have to go on another date sometime where i can work my magic i like this idea very much yes we do still have a pending date though yeah rar which one the axe throwing yes and that's another thing you're never going to find in a small town. Well, I'll take that back because if you're small town enough, <laughs> you, go out to the you just go out in the backyard, <laughs> which I've done multiple times. <laughs> and the neighbors are like, huh, drunks are at it again. <laughs> they don't care. Okay, so let's jump back to the Comparisonville. What else do we got for city versus small? Oh, actually, before we do, I'm going to give some pro tip action here <laughs> for take all notes. you that are listening. One of the things that I've figured out to do, mm -hmm. because I get tired of trying to come up with this in the spur of the moment, I have a spreadsheet <laughs> of fun places and why they're fun yeah. and their address and their website. And like if they serve food and if they serve alcohol, like I've got this whole spreadsheet. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that's where I, you know, I work in a repair lab full of guys. Yeah. And for the longest time, they were all single. So, me not having a lot of experience in the area, I would often be like, hey, man, where do you take a date? Yeah. And try to get advice. And I just started inputting this stuff, and now I've got it saved. <laughs> so, when you're stuck and you're, and you're not sure where to go or what to do, refer to your spreadsheet. Yeah. It doesn't have to be cliche. It doesn't have to be cheesy. And have a lot of variety, a lot of options. Put in all the mini golf courses or all the arcades or... You know, if you are doing painting stuff where, you know, you can sign up for that one night of painting. Yeah, I've done, I've done one. Wine and, yeah. Sip and paint or paint and sips. Right. Yeah. I want to do a taxidermy class. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I'd take. I don't know me. I want either of your other partners. Well, I'm bringing the end results home to put on a show. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm going to have, like, a dapper little mouse holding a pipe. Oh, no. In a buggy. <laughs> can I can I put something shiny and sparkly with it? I mean, he'll pro his buggy will probably have wares. Can I paint his toenails? Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so what I would recommend 
is if you do find yourself frequently going on dates and you don't want to hit that rut where you're create accidentally creating that same date over and over again. The routine. Yeah. Get a spreadsheet. That's okay. It's it's not cheating. It's actually we calendar our plans mm-hmm. and our schedules all the time. Why not have more information on other resources? Right. Yeah, don't be afraid to use a spreadsheet or something similar to enhance your ability to provide a fun, entertaining date. Yeah. I know something that you've mentioned and brought up before in some of our conversations is aside from the variety of life and dates and options for meetups, it's also the variety in people, a small town, like there's not that many poly people. Oh yeah. There's just not a big polyamory circle. So you're, you end up like teaching people and then people are like, Oh, and then they open up. Right, and that's... That's just what I've heard from you. Yeah, so in the smaller towns, the smaller the town, generally the more conservative it gets. Because there's a lot of gossip and a lot of people looking over fences and a lot of people not minding their own business. Right. You know, and then so they're getting on that grapevine and they're, you know, it could potentially get really bad if you are not similar enough to your neighbor's to not draw attention. Right. And I've always been one to draw attention even when I try not to. So I was constantly the center of the rumor mill. Yeah. I guess I need to back up a little bit. Because of the fact that it gets so conservative, Mm -hmm. alternative lifestyles aren't as prevalent. Yeah. And birds of a feather flock together. That old saying. If you don't quite match enough with the people you're going to be treated differently because you are differently. Right. So polyamory in itself, that's going to get around. Yeah. And people are going to talk. And because of the conservative nature of small towns, people aren't always going to talk fondly or politely. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're going to get marked with a scarlet letter or you're going to be chased out of town or at the very least you're going to get dirty looks at the grocery store right right and a lot of this is like you're talking about those homework movies it's all tradition it's all cookie cutter lifestyle so people might not understand that polyamory is an option or know what it is they probably have never heard of it before right i mean even in the big wide world of the internet like if you don't know to look up a word because you don't know it exists you don't know what you don't know right exactly so what i've seen a lot of in smaller towns is that, no, polyamory isn't really a thing. The closest you're going to get is maybe some swinging, very hush-hush. you got to be super inner circle for that in these communities. Right. Because they've got to protect it, because of the the school teacher or the fire chief or whatever, they don't want their reputation ruined. Yeah. Even though they're doing it with the other people that would ruin their reputation. <laughs> right. It's the same thing we talk about. You run into a coworker in a sex club. Right. Well, they're there too, so no one's going to out you. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. And then, I, well, and that's another thing. There's no sex clubs yeah. in smaller towns. So knowing who's what doesn't happen so much. But then the idea of trying to find somebody who's okay with some form of non-monogamy 
is also very difficult. <laughs> you mean you don't approach the soccer mom at the grocery store who has the infinity heart symbol on her car and she just thinks it means infinite love and we're like, oh my gosh, that's like your Polly. And she's like, what? Actually, my dumbass probably would do that. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a good time. You should record it. You know what? You want to be my camera person? Yeah, we should go around small towns and see who we can offend. <laughs> and then and then when you do get people that are willing or interested, the type of non-monogamy that happens usually isn't the ethical type. True. There's a lot of adultery, a lot of cheating. Yeah. Oh, and cheating in poly is another episode we can do. Yeah. There's always that endless debate. How can you cheat in poly? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Right, exactly. And then best case scenario that I've found is that you do find someone that's interested and willing to give it a shot. And that's usually someone who's a friend and sees how you operate anyway and slowly walks into the concept of some sort of non-monogamy. Right. So there's there's kind of a range. But that range doesn't ever fit solidly in polyamory itself. It just flirts with the edges of it right. quite a bit. <laughs> so what about you in city polyamory? Yeah, well, and I'm, I just mean, you know, there's more open-minded people. There's, um, if I'm looking for someone who fits my, you know, hobbies and interests and things that we have in common and stuff like that, there's definitely a larger pool of people, okay. you know, to connect with. Yeah. So you jump on these internet dating sites or these apps and you can you can narrow down your distance to five or ten miles and still have a crap ton of people pop up. Yeah. Versus, I imagine, being in the country or a small town, you have to expand that to like a 50-mile radius. Yeah, you do, actually. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. So, But even in the big cities, it's funny because you'll notice, at least here in Portland, which is a small town, big city. Uh-huh. The polyamory circles are very small, and you you can still find small corners that you haven't met and you don't know and circles of people. But for the most part, it's it's quite a small circle, even in a big city. Right. Or multiple small circles. Yeah, overlapping. It's like a super scattered Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. Like, if this circle is this click, and this circle is this click... And some of the people in each circle overlap or they've dated. Right. But you definitely start to see the same names popping up all over town. You, yeah, you definitely do. So I'm a big fan of vetting partners. Uh-huh. Do your due diligence. Ask around to their previous partners like, hey, what happened? Uh, do you mind talking about your past relationship? Or like, <laughs> would you recommend them to a friend? You know, right. like, <laughs> would you give them a recommendation? Um those kinds of things, getting to know who it is you're interested in. Sure, a little bit of it's based on reputation, and that's a whole other episode we could talk about, is reputation in polyamory. I think it's one we probably should talk about. Yeah. Right? So some of it's reputation, but some of it's also, like, it's good to know the history and some personal experiences, and if everyone you talk to says, oh, they're a narcissistic asshole... Well, maybe there's a trend there you might want to steer clear of, of and mix in with your own experience if you want, but it's good to have that information in your back pocket. Right. And in a big city, you definitely have more people that overlap and cross paths, so you get a lot more feedback. Well, yeah, and that's a cool thing, too, that I see about big city is that not only is the partner potential 
much better mm -hmm. or much more abundant, I guess. Yeah. But the opportunity to make friends who are polyamorous, whether you're trying to date them or not, like creating a friend circle of like-minded or polyamorously-minded individuals is much easier to accomplish. Yeah. Which kind of leads me into my next point. Community. Yeah. It's a really big deal to feel like you belong to something. Human beings, as a creature, are designed to want to be in some kind of social circles or yeah. clan or tribe or something. Feel connected. And when you are in a smaller town and you are the different one and you are the outcast, you didn't grow up with Billy Bob in second grade and now you're adults working at the dairy farm, you know, I mean, kind of making stereotypes, but I'm kind of not like this is a lot of what you see in a small town. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be shitty to anybody because I think in some ways small towns are really nice. Yeah. But... If you're not a part of that community, and if you weren't brought into that community at a young age or, you know, grown to be vetted into it, mm -hmm. you're not going to get in it. Right. You're always going to be a little bit of an outsider. You're going to be that house that everyone points at and talks about, but no one knows you. Right. Your parents didn't go to school with their parents. You didn't grow up in childhood with them. Right. Didn't play on the same football team. Maybe... Maybe you don't go to the same church, or you don't go to church at all, and that's a big deal in smaller towns yeah. is church folk. So the chances of you finding or building community in a smaller town, especially one that's polyamory-friendly or just polyamorous-based, is near impossible. It's so difficult to do. I, I didn't say it was impossible, but it's really tough to do. And... When you when you go so long without connection, and maybe you are getting called the town slut or getting shamed because you have sexual adventures. Right. And that's a little too outside their conservative, careful, mm -hmm. safe comfort zone. Then, then you start feeling like you're disconnected and not being able to. So when you come to a bigger city, people who are more accepting, you know, people... It's easier to find polyamorists or people that are at least welcoming to polyamory. Well, I would say, you know, while that's absolutely true, people who are, we see it a lot, people looking to move from a small town into the big city because they want the bigger fish, the bigger pool, yeah. people who understand them, you know, stuff like that. The other thing that I think we've seen is that people come from the small town where they were maybe a bit sheltered. Um, they were a little closed off to some of society's issues. Um, they might not be as in the know with some big stuff going on. Right. Gender issues, racial issues, thing of that sort that being in the polyamory world, those issues are highlighted even more. Right. So if you come from small town America and you're moving into a big city, be open to hearing feedback from the city slickers who are going to teach you about what it is. Well, that's an absolutely fantastic point because that is a very common thing that people want to explore polyamory. They come from a small town because of a big city because they see in the groups 
but everyone's all located in Portland or in Seattle mm -hmm. or what have you. And so they think, oh, we're going to pack on up and move on over and make some friends and everything's going to be great. But you're right. They might have an open mind for their small mind town. They're the ones with the open mind. Right. But when they come to the big city, they're going to be the ones that are a little more closed off. Right. And there's, there's a lot of societal issues and societal activism that's happening. Yeah, there's lots of big changes. For creating a more equitable future for everybody that a lot of times in small communities you aren't privy to because it doesn't affect your area. Right. And so you don't realize how important it is to everyone out there who's actually fighting to make change. So when you do move to a bigger city and the cultures are more diverse and vast, suddenly you're getting a little bit of a culture shock. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Um, and we don't want to scare people, have you run out of the big town. We just keep in mind that as you move to a big city, keep an open mind and don't take things personal. Always be ready to learn. Learn, learn, learn. Do your research. Jump online. If people are talking about terms you don't understand or activist groups you don't know or things like that, just Google it. Do the work. Figure it out. Yeah. And in that way, when you want to be a part of the communities that you see online and you want to meet these people at a meetup or in an event, you're, you're going in with more information. You're going yeah. in more informed. You're ready to speak on terms that other people in the area are used to speaking that are new to you. So 100%, that was a great point, Bella. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what other notices or changes or differences did you see from coming from small town to big city? Well, I mean, some of it wasn't even polyamory-based. Shittier drivers. <laughs> 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 Actually, that that does bring me to a point that I've I've struggled with a bit. And that's... The bigger city that you get to, or when you move from a small town to a big city, people aren't as friendly, or they don't seem as friendly. And it seems like there's more aggression and a lot more self-centeredness. Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time, over half of my life, in country or small towns. Mm -hmm. I'd probably, you know, growing up, I'd probably say that maybe 75% of my time was in small towns and all that. And we took care of each other. We looked out for each other. I remember the neighbors, when I was a little kid, would also watch us kids play in the neighborhood to make sure we were safe. Right. Because it was a community and right. everyone took care of everyone. You were being raised by everyone. Yeah, it takes right. a community to raise a child. Right. And then you move to a bigger city and then some asshole cuts you off in traffic because he's in a hurry to get four lanes over and didn't think about that ahead of time. <laughs> or, you know, I'm used to being in such a small town where you wave at people when you drive by them, like yeah. other cars, because there's so few people on the road that you're like, oh, another human, how's it going? That's the Hallmark movies. It looks so friendly. It is on the surface. But when it, when it comes down to it, learning the adjustment of city speed yeah means having to understand that not everyone can take their time or not everyone chooses to take their time and slow down and acknowledge other human beings so occasionally i get frustrated because i i come from a place in my heart not you know wyoming 
But I come from a place in my heart where you take care of the people around you. You take care of your community. You give your love. You give your care. And you look out for each other. And then you move to a city and that doesn't happen so much. Yeah. So sometimes I get a little frustrated or a little cranky. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's brand new information. I know. <laughs> I know. But I also do find that making friends is harder. If we're going to jump back to the community thing a little bit. Making friends is harder because everyone already has like a pretty big friend circle. Or they got a couple circles they run in. Or they've got their favorite bar spots. And getting involved initially is a little tougher because... Everyone's already got what they need. It's not like six drunk rednecks sitting in a pasture like, dang, what are we going to do today? <laughs> I don't know. What you going to do? <laughs> you know? And after after a while, you're going to walk into that redneck and be like, hey, man, can I have a beer? And they're going to be like, yeah, you can have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think making friends as an adult in general is difficult. I ran into that when I first moved up here and then I went through my divorce and I found myself like no job, no relationship, no school, no church. And I was like, how the fuck do adults make friends? Like, how do you, how do you even meet people? Uh, So I went through that then and then add on top of it that you're looking for people open-minded to consensual, ethical non-monogamy. And that makes your circle even smaller of who you can look through yeah well and then like okay so speaking on that side because i've kind of spoken about how it's harder to be a part of a community in a small town if you weren't raised in it Mm -hmm. and then i'm also over here talking about how it's hard to make friends in a city so like which one is it monsada come on well i think it depends on the person it does which one do you prefer that exactly is what i was trying to say is that in a small town it's pretty easy to be introverted there's no issue there. In a city, you have to be a little extroverted if you're going to try to meet new people. You have to. Or befriend an extrovert. <laughs> Latch but, on. <laughs> but in order to do that, you have to be extroverted enough to make that first step. Right. Right? Or just sit and wallflower and hope someone eventually makes that step with you. Right. So you kind of have to get out there. You have to get out there. And when you see an event, go to it. I don't care how much it scares you. Go to it. And plan to meet three people that day. Yeah. Create a sense of extroversion inside yourself that allows you to get out and try to meet people. Because it's that thing that's going to get you to meet people. And you might eventually meet the right person to where you find a sense of community. And it could be a polyamorous community. Totally. We see it time after time in the groups where people are like, I don't even know, you know, let alone a date. I don't even know how to make a friend in the poly community. I've been trying this app and this app, and I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Meetup, and all these things. Yeah. And people come along, and everyone's like, go meet people in person. Like, get off the computer and go meet people in person. And we understand. I mean, you and I both deal with different social anxieties at different times. We get it. But it's yeah. going to take you getting out there. It's just like like interviewing or applying to jobs. Uh-huh. You've got to put out 10 resumes before maybe you'll get one interview kind of a thing. Go to a bunch of events and wallflower. Maybe you'll meet one or two people there. And after a few events, maybe you walk away with a friend. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the thing right there. Events. Mm-hmm. In the city, they are so much more prominent than they are in the country. In the country, people generally don't need to make events 
because they've already got their six or seven friends that they're going to do something with. Yeah. And so there's no interest in creating an event to meet new people because you know everyone in town. Right, right. But the cities, you get to make an event and you never know who's going to show up. I was going to say, people show up for different interests. The events are, it can all be a poly event, but over here you're going to have poly speed dating and over here you're going to have a poly kink meetup and over here you're going to have poly karaoke. Like there's going to be a billion things. So if you're like, oh... I'm really not looking to date, so speed dating's not my thing, and I'm not into the kink, but I love to sing, and karaoke's gonna be my thing, and I can meet other polyamorous people who love it, this would be perfect. So you get, like, a wide variety of things. And it's not even that people don't have circles, and they're looking for circles, it's that they're always trying to, I think, better themselves, and so we're always looking to add another person, you know? What do you bring to the table? Like, how do you add to my group my circle anxiety issues and a dark sense of humor yes sounds like a good time (laughs) so yeah i think we've done a lot of comparing and contrasting yeah i think both are great depending on what you're looking for i still want to find my hallmark christmas love story in a small town with horses on a mountain in the snow well i can't wait for you to find that person it's a good time it's a good time i'll write you a letter okay because they don't have internet in this town i'll send it see that that there alone (laughs) is enough not to want to do that if i don't get the internet i'm probably gonna light the town on fire not true you'd get back to writing no no i wouldn't (laughs) i'd go on the mountain and shoot guns at fish i don't know (laughs) axe throwing date I can do that in town. (laughs) (laughs) And that, well, and that goes back to the community and the circles and stuff is in a bigger city, you're often going to, I feel like kind of cycle through a number of friends. Yeah. Especially when so-and-so is dating so-and-so and and -and so-and-so is dating so-and-so and and there's breakups and new relationships. Circles change. A lot of stuff gets juggled around. And so there's always opportunity to meet new people. And you're always going to end up running into those people that are like forever people or close to forever people. Like they're in your life for a good spell. But it's always fun to meet new people and it's always fun to learn new things. And you never know what friendship or relationship is going to bud out of that new person at the party or from being that new person in the party. Like, we had our Halloween party a month ago, and still there were new people. And I've lived here four years now on this side of the state. Yeah. You know? So, I guess it seems obvious, but the larger cities are going to bring you more opportunity. Yep. I think the smaller towns give you more personal security. Maybe a little more safety. A little more safety. Yeah. And and if that's what you want or need, then that's awesome. And if you want that hallmark moment yes. experience, do that. That's great. Especially if you seem to fit in well with them. But if you're looking for a wild and crazy ride. <laughs> All I can picture is, what's his name? Two wild and crazy guys. Yeah, that was Steve Martin. Yeah, there you go. Steve Martin. That's all I can picture yeah. when you say that. Yeah. I mean, like. I know, but I, I see him. <laughs> that's kind of how I've always seen city life is the inv- not those two yeah. but like the environments they would always be trying to skis in yeah it's like it's social and it's active and and for the most part big cities can be oh I mean, you don't have to i mean we're living closer to the vancouver portland area than we were even mm-hmm. a month and a half ago and we're doing less <laughs> <laughs> 
But we could. Yeah. You know, if we... It's there. If we wanted, we could get it. Yeah. And that's a big deal. When I think of city life, I think of Night at the Roxbury, the headbanging. Okay. That's not headbanging. No, no, not headbanging. Head like, um, I don't know how else to describe it. Epilepsy? <laughs> Sideways, neck stretching quickly. <laughs> you overcomplicated. I don't know what else to call it. Head bobbing? Head bobbing? Sideways bobbing? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I always thought of as a suburbanite growing up. Big city. They're getting all snazzy dressed. They're going out on the town. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we videoed your face just now. Your little head bob thing. That was good. Well, I think that's all I have. I, I mean... Small town, big city. I could probably do more, but I think this is a pretty good amount of information. If you're in a small town and you're looking for more, come on in. <laughs> Let's hang out. Or write me a letter from your snow village. Oh, yeah. Share with Bella all your little... I don't have a P.O. box yet, but you can email podcast at ilovepolly.org. Yeah. And um, so I guess that pretty much does it. I don't know that we really had a lot going as far as direction on this one. This was I, just a fun episode. I feel like we needed just a chill, hangout kind of episode. Yeah. And this was a good topic of discussion, so... It was, it was. And if you have experiences that differ from ours, or if you would like to add insight to what we talked about, yep. shoot that email to podcast at ilovepolly.org and school me. School Bella. Yeah. Don't, don't school Bella. She's she's a wonderful girl. And, <laughs> and she doesn't need anyone hurting her feelings. <laughs> don't yell at me. I mean, correct me, but nicely. Don't yell at me. Uh, you can rip I'll into cry. Me. I cry easily. Right. I do. All right. Well, until next time, we don't know what we're talking about yet. Yeah, we do. We've got like four things that we're going to talk about. I know, but I don't know which one of the four things. We'll throw darts. <laughs> we'll take it down to a tavern, put it on the dartboard, and throw darts at it. <laughs> and we'll meet someone new, and yes. we'll have a drink, and then we'll do poly with total strangers It'll be our... at a pub. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. And we'll throw axes later. Yes. We'll take it down and throw axes at it. It'll be our axe target. We gotta go. We got (laughs) shit to do. Have a good one. Bye, Polly and fam. Thank you for talking your Polly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links. Or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepoly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And and love love without without limits. limits.